Welcome back to another impact tonight of Impact Educational Leadership. This is episode 103. I'm your host, ID3 for Isaac Rowan III. Tonight's panelists are Kendrick Bullard, Elder Renee Logan, and Dr. Bethany Hernandez Parks. Dr. Bethany Hernandez Parks, please say hello to the people. So glad to have you back. And Elder Renee Logan, please say hello to the people. Well, praise God. First, uh, an honor to God and thanking you, Prophet Jerome, for this opportunity. I'm so grateful for this time to be here and to share, but not only with you and the other speakers, but with the people that are listening and will be listening. God bless you all, and I pray that God will continue to strengthen you and encourage you through the things that you're going through, because we are more than conquerors. Wow. And Kendrick Bullard, please tell us to the people. I certainly appreciate everything that uh, the, the, the panelists said and you said. But even more, I know we all are stronger together. Absolutely. Well, tonight's going to be a night of expertise. With that being said, tonight's topic is 100 and Beyond Cyber Anti-Bullying Campaign School Reentry. That is... And, you know, teachers of the future will need more government assistance to be technically and tactically proficient cyber anti-bullying prevention strategies. What does that mean? Well, that means that there's an opportunity adolescents in socially, economically disadvantaged communities, in many cases, which have a deficiency and crucial building blocks necessary for combating bullying. The majority of research to enhance positive youth development programs is spent in suburban schools. Those suburban schools focus on positive youth development for our kids and in those communities. So some scholars can foresee the government mobilizing existing resources to create a platform like we have tonight, for gathering the best information and knowledge to benefit those those courses that will be tied and linked to social emotional learning, healthy lifestyles, psychosocial support programs that will hopefully be available for all schools. We all know that IT, information technology, and communication technologies ICTs for short, or e-learning designers will be crucial, will be important, will be vital, and will be necessary contributors to help combat cyberbullying and other forms of aggressive behaviors that will be needed when these platforms are used as it relates to education, as it relates to even pedagogy for service-based learning to keep our children motivated in the future. Tonight, we're going to be pulling from some key speakers, some key panelists tonight as it relates to cyberbullying and giving us some measures in combating that. First, I want to pull from Kendrick Bullard. Kendrick Bullard, you know, how did you get into IT? You know, give the listeners a little bit about your history of IT, information technology, and how you came about 
pursuing that career? Well, the short story is I didn't know what I was going to do. I just kind of, I knew I was going to be in some type of electrical and engineering background. I was in college and a beautiful man came up to me and talked me into staying in the Army for several years. But uh, what he did was help me to understand that the military needed me more than I needed them. And that was profound because he was able to articulate to me that he uh, thought that I was a leader and he just expressed it. I mean, he said, look, you got, you'll have an engineering degree in two years. Uh, you've got four years to graduate. You're already halfway there. You're in a phenomenal athlete. And he said, look, whatever you do, you're going to be a part of somebody's program. You just don't know it yet. Two years later, he waited until it was time for me to get into the officer program at Arkansas State University. He said, look, I know you're going to play football, professional football. We also know you're going to run track on the mark, you know, throughout this time. We're not going to bother you unless we need you for these different activities. What he did was allow me the freedom to be the person I was going to be on the engineering side. And I was, you know, I hate to tell my age, but... Uh, you know, I, was, I think I was 19 when he told me this. I was like, man, why is this, this guy's really trying to sell me on something that's really, he's trying to sell me something, sell something to me that I didn't buy into. It took several times before he came over there and said, look, you know, I'm not gonna leave you, but the army needs you. That's a short story. No, absolutely, absolutely. You know, two words come to mind, KD, when I hear you speak. You know, one word is character, and the other word is disposition. Because you are a non-biased type of person. You can talk to anybody, any and everybody, anytime, any place, anywhere. Also, you are a leader amongst your peers. You are an influencer. I've seen you influence the most challenging people when we served in the military, in the brigade, and they do it. And you are a change agent. And I'm talking about positive change. Katie, don't go anywhere. I want to go to... Dr. Bethany Hernandez Parks, and I'm coming back to you. Don't go anywhere. But Dr. Hernandez Parks, listen, I'm so glad you're back here on the podcast. Uh, when I um, invited you back, I knew this was key for this discussion as it relates to cyberbullying because I want to I know what your thoughts are. We want to know what your thoughts are about cyberbullying and how it affects uh, campus culture, school culture, and also um, – campus vision, school vision. But before we go into our question, please say hello again and let us know a little bit about what you're doing currently out there in California. Thank you for having me back on. It really is a pleasure and been an enjoyable experience to participate um, in these podcasts. 
and a little bit about me and my background. So education-wise, I've always been focused in learning about uh, child and adolescent development. So that is actually where my bachelor's degree and my master's degree are focused in. And I have also earned my doctorate in educational leadership with a focus in educational psychology. Um, and obviously have a passion for education, think really highly of the importance of leaders in education, and then just understanding how um, students and administrators are motivated and being part of that has been a passion of mine. Um, I also have a strong passion for early education. That's where my career has actually had a lot of focus. I've worked in the early education field in various capacities um, throughout my career. So starting from kind of the entry-level job, you know, an aide um, in a classroom, for instance, all the way up to um, I've been an assistant director of a program. I worked as a product developer for early childhood uh, materials. I made things that were used by children in classrooms and used by administrators in classrooms. Um, and even things that were used in the homes um, for a good amount of time. I've also taught at the community college level, and presently I am working as a consultant um, with with centers, supporting them to ensure that they're excuse me, they're able to deliver a developmentally appropriate um, program and a high quality setting that is respected for the, the hard work that they're doing in there with their students and with their families. Absolutely. Thank you for adding so much back to this podcast and to the community and to the educational field. You know, I want to bring you back on because I want to hear from you and I want to see through your lens as it relates to different effects, right? <laughs> and so what I mean by effects, I'm saying those beneficiary effects, those positive effects, those useful effects as it relates to strategies, as it relates to tools uh, to counteract or to combat bullying, especially cyberbullying. And so I want to draw from you, you know, some resources for psychosocial support programs that are available. Uh, to choose from, whether it be webinars, whether it be software applications, or even uh, courses that, you know, some educators can take uh, to get more equipped to combat bullying. Um, and so, you know, with that being said, what are some tools that educators can use to keep their learners empowered? And how can teachers plan on balancing their expectations of learners' development? And we're talking about social awareness, emotional awareness, uh, especially as schools are reentering uh, at full capacity coming up here at this next school term, uh, 2021 to 2022 school term. Uh, some people call it post-COVID-19, but we can't really say that because we got a new variant, Delta variant of COVID upon us now. But what are some, some strategies that those school leaders can begin to start looking at to help 
sustain those strong campus cultures, there's going to be a need emotionally and mentally with uh, the school reentry with, with children, these adolescents coming back to be educated. And so, you know, we want to pull from the experts and kind of see, you know, what tools are available that we can use to help us combat bullying and cyberbullying. That's my question for you. Thank you. I'm happy to share some thoughts on that. In terms of, I'm kind of going to attack this question in a few parts. Um, hopefully that's okay, but just so my answer is a little more digestible. Um, so there are, to speak to what, what tools are available right now, there is definitely a need, as you're mentioning, that educators are interested in supporting students, um, supporting students with the cyberbullying aspect and, you know, supporting their social and emotional health or well-being, especially after this, this past year or so of mostly online education. So there are definitely some more popular bullying prevention curriculums that are available, um, and they're in various forms at the moment. Um, to name some, there's you know, anti-bullying lesson plans and activities that I think is offered by Teaching Tolerance that I've heard of. Um, there's also some lesson plans. This is in the pre-K and uh, up to high school sector, but there's lesson plans and books available by um, a group called Anti-Defamation League. Um, so things like that, and we can, I, I could talk about many more resources, but there are resources available, whether it's a curriculum, whether it's book, uh, books, whether it's uh, webinars for the educators, um, what have you, just different mediums in order to get this information out to the educators because they think at the end of the day the educators are the, the gatekeepers, right? And um, they're the leaders in the school setting and educators and administrators have a strong role in defining the space and environment that these students are walking into and we have to know that these students are walking in with um, you know a, a, a lot of feelings maybe that um, they're they're managing as they're navigating this new space and after all that has happened so I think just in terms of tools that educators can use to keep their learners empowered kind of looking at it from that perspective I think we have to remember that it's really important to design experiences to motivate the students to get involved first and foremost. So whether it's about, you know, learning about English or whether we're talking about bullying in particular, it's important to design lessons and materials that follow um, this kind of model. So ensuring that what they're providing offers autonomy so there's a degree of control that the students have um, over what is happening and, and how it can be done. There is a sense of competence so that the students feel respected and are able to be successful um, in their completion of, say, moving forward in this task of uh, putting, making sure bullying isn't a prevalent problem in the school, making sure whatever is being enacted is relatable um, and that it is relevant to their interests and it's valuable. So kind of involving the student with letting them know, hey, here's 
this is a problem. We're not going to stand for this. Here's why. Um, you know, and as a school coming together to say, sign an oath or talk about it openly in a class period. Um, here's some things that are disrespectful to other students. Here's what you can say. You know, if you're having a problem, like find me as the educator type of thing. And then if there's continues to be a problem, kind of following those steps to design lessons or design opportunities so that the students can work through these problems themselves, maybe getting their suggestions on like, hey, here's some, here's some things we can do as a class or as a school to help make sure this isn't a prevalent problem. Um, and I think it's just important for educators to remember that they always help their students by taking a student-centered approach, which really highlights a student's own agency. Every student has um, valuable abilities to contribute to the classroom or to the school in general. Um, so making sure that you know all students are involved, that can really help. That could even help a student who is, say, having the problem displaying the actions that are, say, hurting another student. They might just be dealing with so much inside, not sure how to process it all, and then enacting harmful behavior on another student, you know, preying on another student. So trying to get all involved is really helping um, empowering student voices so they feel empowered enough to, to speak up um, for themselves or for others is important. And um, I think it just really kind of ties into remembering that when students own their learning and own their interactions that they can really start to develop like a maker mindset and they become critical thinkers and problem solvers and then they're the gatekeepers of upholding themselves and others to a higher standard which can really work to alleviate problems such as cyberbullying um, or in the classroom or around the school. The other thing that I think you wanted me to talk about was talking or mentioning how can teachers help with balancing the expectations of other students and be ready to help their students. Number one, it has to really start with relationships. Uh, there's been a lot of times, students have been learning, right, for the past year and a half. They've been learning in a different format. But being in a classroom setting, um, I think even as we're, you know, we're coming up on the fall, right, and as we're talking about that, even in-person school, it may look really different than it did two years ago, right? You might not just be able to walk into your class and sit as close to your friends as you used to. There might be some different rules and regulations here and there. So I think it's just really important for teachers to first focus on making relationships with their students so that they get to know them and then can determine what their emotional needs are. And then once they've gained the trust of their students and know how they, they can learn how they can support them, and then they can work to support their educational needs after that. Um, but it's just really considering the vastly different like learning landscape that students experienced the last year, educators really need to be focused on supporting the emotional development of the learner in order to make progress with anything they're trying to teach them, say, cognitively. Because emotionally, students have to be ready and willing to take in any information in order for anything that a teacher is trying to tell them, in order for it to be meaningful. 
thank you for that. You know, what I like about your response, Dr. Parks, is that I asked you for a meaning, but you gave me the use for the meaning. So you took it to another level. And you took it to a level of another caliber. And for me, that was what I like to call empowerment. Why was it empowering? Well, because I heard your expertise. And I realized in what you said, I heard your skill, I heard your experience, I heard your talent, your your aptitude as it relates to the question about the tools and strategies that teachers can use to help us combat bullying and especially cyberbullying as we move forward. There was a lot of heretics in what you said. And why do I use the word heretics? Well, I use the word, I use the word heretics because to me, heritage is tied to influence. And these influences are linked to development. And, and those developments are influenced by environments, whether they be internal or external environments, right? So we know experiences can affect a way a child perceives or uh, the mentality of, of a child. And so I think that is, is key for their, their temperament. And so let me go to, because you talked about critical thinkers. Let me go to, I, I want to go, go back to Kendrick Bullitt. But listen, thank you so much for so much this podcast. Uh, KB, I, I want to go back to you because Dr. Bethany Hernandez-Parks, she, she hit some key areas. She hit some key areas. And because you're so transparent, <laughs> I want to know what it was like for you or if, if you even experienced it or not, if you experienced cyberbullying. And... And I mean, that cyberbullying bullying could be, um, you know, someone hacking into your your address, your email address. It, it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if, if these encounters that you experienced, if you did experience it, were they, were they stalkers? Were they trying to, you know, disrupt or destroy your communication flow? Basically, have you or anybody you know, have they ever been exposed to cyberbullying? And, you know, that could be they were a victim, they were a bystander, or even the bully themselves. Have you or anybody you know experienced cyberbullying, Katie? Absolutely. Uh, I do it on a regular, those things happen to to all of us on a day-to-day basis. I think it's important to know that we shouldn't give it that type of name. Because what I do is I figure out creatively both when I uh, deal with people and when I uh, touch upon any kind of cyber uh, bullying or cyber attack, my first goal is to load the name of the individual. And I try to learn something about that individual, whether it's cyber, any kind of cyber attacking of some sort or individual that I'm trying to reach on a ground on a grass on a ground level 
I'm just trying to understand what their intent was. Because some people need the money, and if they need the money, sometimes we can give it to them. But if we can't give it to them, we can learn their name. And then once you learn their name, you learn something, something uh, discreet about them, something special, so that uh, we can wipe away some of the things that take place. But, again, understanding what their intent is is always probably the most important. Because people do things on accident. And not only do they do things accidentally sometimes, and we got to take that into consideration. Uh, we shouldn't abuse our power because we have it. We should uplift the individual uh, and show them how to do those things the right way. You can call it red hacking or white hacking. There are a bunch of different names. But what we want to do is try to give something to be able to piggyback off of, but learning the names of those individuals and learning something personal about them is not always going to say that we're going to come, it's going to be combated. Uh, and I just hate the word, I hate to use the word combative because that's a military term. I think we need to take it one step further and understand the inner workings of the individual that we're dealing with on a regular basis. That was good. That was really good. Let me uh, let me go to KB. Thank you for always adding so much to this podcast, too, sir. Uh, you know we love you. <laughs> uh, listen, I want to go to our next panelist. Elder Renee Logan. Elder Renee Logan, please say hello again to the people and let us know what you got going on currently, please, before I ask you these questions. Well, good evening, everyone. God bless you. And I am so grateful and honored that you are listening and that we have this awesome panel going on. I have truly been blessed by what they've said. And for me, um, I have several things going on. I've started a business and I'm got to go to a conference uh, convention here shortly I have a master's in Christian education with a, a side thing of psychology in it because I wanted to make sure that I could cross from both sides both in the uh, Christian dome and in the uh, secular because that's what I was taught and I'm grateful that I, opportunities are coming at me and I'm just asking God which ones that he wants me to step into. But my real favorite thing is when I go to the prisons, I used to um, go to the youth ones because if you can capture the youth before he gets too bad, then it makes a difference. However, I've been dealing with a lot of women also. And so I'm grateful that God has uh, chose me to do such a thing because he could have chose anyone, just like you all have yours. Um, Mine is where to uh, cross the bridge from the spiritual side to the secular side, if we could say it like that, because they both have to be bonded together. Because once a person leaves outside of the worship center, they have to know how to continue to live um, what God is telling them and also be able to handle the uh, pressures of life coming from the secular system. Wow. You heard it first. Listen, Elder Renee Logan, I want to pull from you tonight 
I want to pull from you. And and in the pulling, I, I want you to speak with your expertise, but uh, and I know I'm going to hear compassion from you in in this response. And take your time because I, I want I want the listener audience to understand that first there must be apprehension. Then there must be exploration to get to cooperation if you want participation. So with that being said, what does bullying do to a person's mind, body, and spirit? Wow. That's an amazing, amazing question. And we can't use just one side. Uh, uh, we have to use all of it together because we are tripart B. And so what I did for this, I talked to two people from my family. One was my daughter and one was my sister because of difference in ages and different times in schooling. So I needed to see how it was. Because bullying is not new. And cyberbullying has really been going on for a while, but it's really becoming to the front. So my daughter had been bullied in school. And she said it really messed up her self-esteem. My sister, on the other hand, said she didn't let the bullying phase her because how our mother taught us. So now we get to today, and we have young people, elementary-sized children, one up to adults that are not only doing bullying in the schools, they're bullying on the jobs, they're bullying in college, and they're bullying in cyberspace. Some of that, the children have been taught by their parents because the parents are bullying. They're either bullying each other or they see the parents out in town bullying people instead of being respectful. And so with that being said, when the bullying begins on a child, it's so difficult, the weight of it. Let me say it like this. Bullying is a tactic of the enemy to destroy our children. And if you pay attention in a lot of states, they've had children commit suicide because of bullying. I don't know the percentage of children that have committed suicide that went to church. I don't care if it's Catholic, Apostolic, Pentecostal, whatever was on the door, doesn't matter. But were they connected with the Lord Jesus Christ? Because they didn't have the strength and the information to stand up. So when the bullying occurs, it begins to work on the mind. It starts building up the chemicals in the body and the stress levels go up. And even though they're children, depending on how they've been reared and how they've been fed, it could take a toll on the body. I won't be surprised at all if we begin to see these young children having strokes at such early ages because of the stress of the cyberbully. Now remember, when there's cyberbully, 
a lot of times when they go to school, they're being bullied there. So it's, it's being linked to a point where now it's spirit, soul, mind, and body. Because a child doesn't want to tell anybody. Or they might kind of hint at it. Then the child becomes withdrawn, even from their family, because of the bullying. And they're trying to, they're trying to figure this out on the inside. What did I do to cause this? Why are they bullying me? I don't even know them. I don't hang out with them. And yet, these fiery darts are coming at these children like never before. And when I say fiery, trust me, they're, they're flaming coming at our children. Even so much so that we have children that are taking drugs in elementary school. And I'm not talking about prescribed medication. I'm talking about the street stuff, just so that they think they can handle the bullying. The other thing we got to look at about the bullying is sometimes it's so harsh. Children saying, I'm going to beat you up when I see you. And it turns out to be a, 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 a gunfight. Small children. Look at how many times now in the media, in the news, we see where children have taken guns to school. People think it all they just do it. But the bullying has got to the point that it's now overflowing. And you can see in a lot of it that they have not been disciplined, discipled how to handle it by their parents. Why haven't they been discipled about it? Because the parents were never discipled. Some of the parents have gone through bullying, so their self-esteem is down. Their spirit has been crushed. Their mind is full up with all these different thoughts and stuff going through their head. They haven't worked out. In some cultures, especially in our culture, the African-American culture, they won't seek help about it so they can get it out. And when you keep all of that inside, it operates against your organs, how they work. It causes migraine because so you got this pressure. You got this pressure. And, and, and when you don't seek help for it, it doesn't have anywhere to go. And that's why we need good psychologists, both in the church and out of the church, that can help lead our children on a path to keep them strong and encouraged and knowing that they are somebody. And until we get to that point, we don't need teachers bullying children. And it might not be bullying like we, like we think, but just a, just a word being said that other children might pick up and then get on the cyber bullying because the, the, the teacher has dropped the seat. And then you got another situation because now the parent that is concerned and involved, they're coming in and they're bullying. So it's a vicious cycle. And we have to learn how to pray and we have to learn how to stand up against these onslaughts of negative behavior toward our children. There needs to be a, a curriculum taught to where it can be explained in a way that even kindergartners can understand it. 
it has to be taught in a way that even the bully who is hurting has been bullied to up to the point where they are that now they're the bully because they've been bullied both in the home, outside the home, in the school, by relatives, by neighbors. Now they've created this monster, and they don't know how to release it. So we definitely need good counselors in the schools. We need, we need firemen and policemen that will be honest and really embrace the young men and the young girls to know that the bullying is something that can be stopped in the right way. We've got to get to the child and the children that have been bullied so long that they think the only way out is to hang themselves or take a gun to school. Their mind is so poisoned with the negative, they don't see any hope anymore. Or they're so angry because that bullying spirit is now trying to transfer itself to that person. And they're trying to block it, but the anger rises. Because they feel like, I'm, I'm hopeless, I don't have no other way to do this, but to destroy this other person's life. So we have to check and look at the fact that the child, as well as the, the a child that's in high school, elementary, kindergarten, even the young adults that are in college and moving on to work areas, they've got to find a way to, to understand how to rebuttal the cyber bullying without it becoming a poison back and forth. And so that's where prayer comes in also. That's where teaching your children that they're worth something. That's how we have to begin to break up the fallow ground and plant seeds of righteousness within them. Seeds of large self-esteem. You don't have to bully to be somebody. And a lot of them don't get that. Because when you're at home and you're cussed at all the time and you're told you'll never be anything, that pushes that bully out. But I know that there's a way to get to them. And that's through love and understanding and compassion. And when we do that with the young children and be sincere with them, we can help reopen up their spirit so that words of life can get in that will help strengthen their bodies and then not only that, clear their minds. And so with that I say, I pray that this takes place immediately. Wow, that was so real. I experienced it when I first started working in the school district out here in Dallas. My first assignment was a middle school where three girls had attempted suicide and one was successful. And what you said tonight gives me chills. Why does it give me chills? Well, one, because what you said was life-changing. And it should be a way of life in education. And for our teachers, for our, st our students, our parents, our communities, what you gave us tonight was guidance, Elder Logan. And you gave us a mentality that needs to take place in the education system as a whole. 
What you gave us tonight was universal education strategies that will help us equip us and build us up with those necessary core values. Thank you. Thank you so much for adding so much to this discussion and to this podcast. Uh, thank you again for such a beautiful conversation tonight. Tonight was another impactful night, very impactful night, but impact education leadership. Right now, this is the 100 and Beyond Cyber Anti-Bullying Campaign School Reentry Plan. We had tonight Kendrick Bullitt, Elder Renee Logan, and Dr. Bethany Hernandez-Quark. Good night.